All right, folks, it is another exciting episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast coming live, your favorite fourth division podcast, bringing all the action to the alley. And uh, this time we're not going to be on my Facebook page. We'll be actually on the actual Tornado Alley Facebook page. little inside joke there. Uh, we've got Ryan Stallings with the Red Watch coming up, a supporting group of the Little Rock Rangers. He'll be on to review last week's T Tulsa Athletic and Rangers match and also preview this week's match, first round of the NPSL Heartland Division playoffs. We'll have great discussions on, on Tulsa Roughnecks here a little bit later as we'll review the Royal Grand Valley match. And also we'll have... Uh, a little recap of Fortuna Tulsa and their for inaugural season and, and just a conversation I had with uh, Wayne Farmer earlier today. So we'll, we'll recap some of that. But, folks, first, you'll need to get inside. It's getting dark and, and it's getting cloudy. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, we've got some storms and it's, it's the tornado alley. You can never, never be too safe around here because it's another episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, for folks who were, on, was on, who were on my regular Facebook page, thanks for coming over to the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast page. I had like 30 people. I should have just kept going. Uh, why did I even stop? I don't know. People were like jumping on. I should have stayed. Should have just kept going. Anyway, um, we'll have a great show for you folks tonight. A little Monday Night Football. You got it. A little, little World Cup. We'll talk about that too later. Uh, first, I want to give a quick shout-out to BGN, Beautiful Game Network. BGN.fm is where you can find the podcast. We'll have it uploaded. I know it's been a couple weeks since we uploaded uploaded a uh, iTunes podcast, but we'll, we'll have it going here a little bit later, so don't worry about it. We'll have all that going on on the BGN.fm. Also, we've got a quick shout-out to RoughneckScarves.com, R-U-F-F-N-E-C-K-S-C-A-R-V-E-S, RoughneckScarves.com. Not like Tulsa Roughnecks. I know it's confusing, but they're – official supplier of scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and men's and women's national team. Go check them out at the website I just mentioned a couple seconds ago. And our good friends over at New Day Tornado Shelters, newdayshelters.com. Uh, our great sponsors there. Uh, got a great above-ground shelters. Got one there inside our house, and we love it. And great for small families like ours. So, Folks, uh, man, it's been a – I feel like it's been a year since I've been on the podcast. We had a little preview, a little little small episode the other day on Saturday. So thanks for uh, the one or two of you that actually came on. Appreciate it. And uh, But anyway, we'll, we'll have a, a great episode lined up for you all tonight. And, and on the horn right now, we'll just go ahead and get started. We've got Ryan Stallings on. Uh, with the Red Watch, a supported group out in Little Rock, Arkansas. I know a lot of Tulsa fans are very familiar with Ryan and everything he's doing out there to grow the game in Little Rock, Arkansas. Ryan, it, we got a little uh, little uh, Tulsa repeat going on, and, and I guess you don't have to leave home to watch a playoff match, do you? No, not this year. Not this year. Um, I just want to know when Tulsa will let us be their rival instead of Wichita. It feels like we, we're going to play <laughs> – we have rubber matches two years in a row now, you know, play each other, the, the season finale and the, uh, the first round of the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it's interesting going into the season, talking on other podcasts, kind of predicting the way the season would go. It, you know, we kind of just said, Hey, until someone changes really in the season, you know, why not put Wichita up top, Tulsa in second, Little Rock in third and see, 
you know, if we can climb up, St. Louis was going to be a big unknown. Sure. Um, demise is always a big unknown. They, mm-hmm. they start off really strong and, and kind of fall. The wheels tend to fall off a bit on them into the season. Uh, just because they tend to start the season later, waiting for facilities to open up to house their mm-hmm. players. And so they end up cramming in a lot of games in, in a relatively short amount of time. Um, Ozark was going through ownership changes, coaching changes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were also an unknown. Um, sure. But losing Dallas and, and gaining St. Louis is a plus. I know everyone seems to, seems to know me by my Dallas – that my Dallas hate. So I was, I was glad uh, to see Dallas by the way, go. that's that's not just you. I I can and, and folks out listening on the podcast, I know for a fact they are, okay. They Tulsa does have no love lost with Dallas City FC. I, okay. I can promise you. Okay, that. good, good. Because I started to feel a little bit on an island. Like I was like, I thought we were all in this together. Now oh, apparently, dude, I'm the yeah. guy that hates. Dallas City, but no, no, that, um, that, there was a, almost a knockdown drag out last year. <laughs> we played, yeah. Tim Hansen on the pot, on the uh, comment said no one likes Dallas, so you're perfectly fine. Like it was like <laughs> hey, when Tim. they folded, like people are like kind of going, and I'm like, man, that's that's a rival right there. That's that's like well, like when, it, when like a team like gets relegated, that's your rival, and everybody's excited about it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but anyway, we, as you were saying, so that's what it takes to be a rival. Okay, <laughs> I get relegated. That's it. <laughs> no, to, to take joy in others losing. Okay, I see. Because we, I guess that only makes Ozark and Memphis. We love seeing Memphis fail. But yeah, you know, I think our conference being a smaller conference and just mm-hmm. kind of the community where we sit, I, I, you know, we all razz each other online. Mm-hmm. But I do think a lot of the teams tend to be closer and even friends among the uh, the fandoms than you see with a lot of other conferences. Mm-hmm. And that probably has to do with, you know, a lot of the work that Air Capital Firm had done and Tulsa Armory had done, you know, mm-hmm. prior to us even coming on the scene and their successes. Um, but, you know, it's funny going into the season, coming back to that, a lot of the Tulsa fans were even mentioning, oh, looking at the schedule, oh, I bet we'll be playing Little Rock two weeks in a row again. And kind of going through the season, we started with five straight road matches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lost the first one, obviously, in Tulsa. I think you guys <laughs> only of, had 11 players show up. Yeah, right? showed up showed up with 11. Uh, and it was know, like we were there. 100 degrees, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Two o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, curiously after Cinco de Mayo and <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, you know. Um, so we showed up, and I think we were surprised. You know, the coaching staff and the front office at Spurs, mm-hmm. they were surprised. Ten guys showed up to get on the bus, you know, and – um and just picked, lot, it just picked one up on the way is that how it works yeah yeah, so, yeah just, grab, just come grab, on you grab. play it's fine it's cool it's fine <laughs> that soccer field in fort smith we pass on the way to tulsa see if anyone's up there <laughs> um but you know I, and i say that and i do know a lot of them have coaching responsibilities and there was a mm. tournament over in south carolina i believe but anyway we weren't aware of that until game day so you know national game of the week and and we proceed to <laughs> have one of our worst performances ever but uh, under the circumstances, anyway, I enjoyed having it at the park, though. Um, yeah, I, I really thought that area was really cool. The way you can grow it, the way you can just have people kind of walk up, and mm-hmm. people maybe driving by and, and notice, you know, the setup there that Tulsa's really invested in, mm-hmm. and decided to stop in. You can have a lot of walk-ups. They probably did have a lot of walk-ups. So even though, you know, I wouldn't have minded losing one to nothing or two to one or two zero. But so even though the result wasn't that great and kind of worried a bit um leaving that game then the next week a lot of our players were cleared as far as paperwork and were able mm-hmm. to play in wichita 
and uh, came back to equalize against Wichita late in the game, and mm-hmm. then in extra time, literally in the dying seconds, uh, Nelson Landaverde got off an incredible shot, and mm-hmm. uh, Wichita was able to get that. So we were down early in the season, two straight losses, going into the third game, starting to feel a little bit uneasy about how the season's going to go, uh, and then went to St. Louis, and, and St. Louis is a very fast team, and they're very dangerous on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that game kind of went back and forth for a bit um, as far as possession, and then we just started to grind them down, and we were able to put them away. I think it was 3-1. to one. And then the next game, we went up to Demise, uh, you know, always a tough game, mm-hmm. and uh, proceeded to be in a dogfight, and Alex Guadron, one of our forwards, Ended up scoring all four of our goals, and so we had won four to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then came home to face St. Louis, you know, for our first home match, and uh, lost three to two. Kind of stunned us, mm-hmm. and and then from there on proceeded to reel off five straight wins to close out the season. So uh, you know, a good season, kind sure, of a yeah. up and down season. Um. Miss chances there. You kind of going to go back and, you know, everything is so razor thin as far as they, oh, the way yeah. they do rankings, points per game in the league. And we're like, hey, if we had drawn St. Louis instead of losing at home, and if we drawn Wichita instead of that last second goal, we would have been fourth in the whole league. And oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And you start, you start, it's just one goal here. You know, we talked off air about the fact that Tulsa Athletic had to go up against a full on. Uh, FC Wichita squad, Frank Tayu mm-hmm. and of Verde, all these cats, and and you know it was like, well, they they were catching them when when you know now you know they lost Frank Tayu to uh, FC uh, to the Fox uh, Fresno FC, yeah Fresno, and uh, you know it's like, well, all of a sudden you know a Little Rock gets the result against uh, Wichita, and then you have. I believe St. Louis Atletico got the results against. Uh, so basically what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say and what we talked about off air and what I think we've talked about here on the podcast is, you know, this to me, the NPSL heartland is wide open. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's, you know, Wichita is no longer this unbeatable team like they were at the beginning of the season. Right. right. So you, you have this just this kind of the shift where it's, you know, Little Rock's playing well. Tulsa is mm-hmm. always a threat. Mm-hmm. Atletico, St. Louis, they're they're the biggest wild card of all, and all of a sudden you're looking at this thing and going, man, yeah, you give you give FC Wichita the nod, but I don't think it's just overwhelming. It's not like Brazil and then you know, <laughs> it's kind of like picking the World Cup. It's like there's four teams that are capable of winning it all, and you right. can see any one of the four winning it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then Johnny Freedoms actually just just posted basically what yeah just uh, this this conference is tight and anyone could yeah absolutely and yeah. so um, yeah and as far as as far as carrying momentum I, you know it, it, the game here in Little Rock is going to be interesting because I I I'd argue that Little Rock and Tulsa are coming in as far as traditionally people think of momentum on a win streak mm-hmm. um, and if if you I know you mentioned off air not really having a chance to watch the game. If you find time in your schedule, it's just not <laughs> already packed, kids, right? right yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you can watch the replays on Mikeju, and and the thing I really enjoy about that platform is how um, when teams are using it right, they can actually break down and put in markers for you know shots on goal. It may not be a goal, but actual goals or mm-hmm. penalties or 
or other plays of note during the match. So you're not having to, you know, watch an entire match to find what you want to look for. It's all there at your fingertips. Um, but the, the Little Rock Tulsa game um, was kind of like the last two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how possession actually broke down. I'd be shocked if it was more than within a three or four points of 50-50. Sure. Just like last year, both the, uh, the, the first round playoff match and the season finale. Um, I, I, I like to go back and look at those stats that Tulsa compiled for that just as an advertisement of how close that game was as far as possession shots, shots mm-hmm. on goal, uh, penalties. Um, and that game was a lot like this. I, Tulsa really, I think, had the better of the chances in the mm-hmm. first half and had the better of the chances again coming out um, at the start of the second half. Um, and then it just kind of moves into the uh, the midfield. And mm-hmm. it's, it was everything you I've come to expect now of a Little Rock-Tulsa match. Um, and if you go back and you look at Little Rock's two goals – um, one of them, Alex Guadron got a, a deep through pass from our keeper will lead yeah. and he cut inside. And when he went to cut inside, he passed, it actually bounced off the defender, the defender deflected it and it happened to fall right in front of Alex. Right. And so, you know, it was a play where the defender made the right play and it just, the luck happened to bounce our way. Right. And then if you look at the second goal, um, outside to one of our wingers, uh, Donald Benomna, he, uh, he cut inside and took a shot that I don't know how it went between the two defenders. And mm-hmm. the, the second defender had come over from the center, had you know played the ball perfectly to come over and support. The shot somehow went between them, and the keeper was still in position. It would have been a leaping save. It would have been an amazing save, and it literally went right through. It looked like his forearms. Yeah. And, and I don't know how there was space for it. Yeah. So, you know, if people, if people haven't seen the game and they only see 2-0 and think, oh, Little Rock, you know, handled them, no, that wasn't the case, you know. And and games like Tulsa, Little Rock will probably always come down to who gets a few lucky bounces, yeah. because the players take the game seriously, whether sure. it's postseason or not. Yeah, and they're they're evenly matched, and I know a lot of them play together either like Northeastern Oklahoma State mm-hmm. um, or Northeastern State. Excuse me. Sure. They'll they'll crucify me for getting no. that wrong. <laughs> if if anybody's on the podcast, I'll I'll let them uh, air their grievances. I guess. So, you know, they, they, they face each other. I, um, I'm not sure how many guys, I, I recognize some on Tulsa, mm-hmm. um, are carryovers from last year. That's just laziness on my part, not checking last year's um, uh, lineup. But, you know, this year I probably watched after Little Rock as far as lower league. Um, the second most teams that I've watched would be Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, just just kind of familiarity and, you know, sure. knowing a lot of people there. And so you kind of take an interest in, in the team that they take an interest in. Sure, yeah. Um, and you know it, it was a good it was good too. There was a moment uh, they they had one of the largest kids gatherings just because one of the largest local youth academies was having their their academy night at the game, mm-hmm. and so they were out by the wall. And I wasn't there at the time because I was up in the, the supporters section, so I didn't notice it until looking through photos and other supporters telling me about it. Mm-hmm. But a couple of the Tulsa players when they were walking over to, to the tunnel where they would eventually walk back out. Mm-hmm. The uh, the kids were booing them and, and shouting at them, and, and they actually turned and kind of like you know pantomimed a bit and yeah. kind of sold it like ah oh, and trying to convince them to cheer for them and, <laughs> and kind of played it off and the kids were laughing and it made them cheer louder and, and you know, you, you can see the parents love that you know the kids were uh, were involved because oh, yeah. of the, the Tulsa players so that was a really neat moment and yeah. we, we we you know we definitely gave them a shout out because that's stuff that you know is 
10, 15 seconds for those guys. And, and that's going to be a memory that a lot of those kids are going to hold forever is going to a soccer game and, and a player actually look, looking over at them and, and, and responding to them right in a lighthearted way. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. And I like to see that as well. And, and certainly, um, yeah, knowing the Tulsa guys and, and ones I've talked to and, and just how they're well known around town. And a lot of, a lot of those guys, you know, you talk about, uh, being, you know, being from last year's team, a lot of these guys have been playing for the, for the A's for several years and, and are ingrained in the community, either working or, you know, coaching. I know a few of them coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, Dave lungs, one person, for example, I know he coaches. And so, yeah, you know, it's, I think, I think they get it too. And, um, there's a, like a chicken or something going on. We have, we have like a squeak toy yes. going on here. Yes. My dog's decides the perfect time ah, to, it's to fine. play hey, and, I, and bring me all the, the squeaky the, toys. We just need the dog like on the camera, like <laughs> right here. Cause I promise you my ratings would skyrocket if we get a couple of dogs <laughs> on here. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, and obviously, you know, you mentioned earlier when, when will Tulsa consider us a rival? And I think, um, you know, I, just me, just from you know, from where I sit, I think it's kind of a three-team race, and now you've got St. Louis in the mix. And I think before you kind of had this rivalry with Dallas City, and it was more of that was more of a hated rival, like hey, you guys are trash or whatever. Uh, and then you guys are from Texas. Yeah, it was like <laughs> hey, they want to you know, talk crap when they score a goal or whatever. And I mean, that's like okay, let's 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 throw down and start fighting, kind of a rivalry. Whereas Wichita is more of a okay, that's a you know, that's a team that it, from a skill set and, you know, geographic, you know, geographic convenience, I guess you want to call it there, geographically a rival. And then also with, um, uh, you know, now Little Rock, I think, is certainly in the mix as far as teams that you expect. Look, next year when the Heartland Division comes out or whatever conference it is, and if it's, hey, if Little Rock and Wichita and Tulsa, it's like, well, it's one of those three teams will probably be the favorite. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and now maybe if, you know, St. Louis now is kind of in the mix and, you know, like you said earlier, you, you never know what the demise and, and, and Ozark, they can play spoiler for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think as, as years progress, as, and just depends on what, you know, happens with, you know, different things outside the NPSL, with NISA and all this other stuff that, you know, keeps getting brought up. I hope, I hope that the A's and, and, and Wichita and, and Little Rock continue to play together because I, I think it's just going to serve and, and you get to see those familiar faces and familiar teams and, and that rivalry. And, and I don't know, I, you know, I don't like to see teams just kind of fade away and go right. away and, and all of a sudden, oh, here we are. But, you know, I know the Texas league is growing tremendously. So you may start seeing some of these Texas teams showing back up, but maybe Fort, Fort Worth Viscaros will be back in our league and are up here in the heart. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. They've got it. They've got they've got a great group of guys and, and girls and their supporters group as well. You know, oh, Kansas sure. City Hellfire. So, yeah, I'd love to have them. I don't know when at some point they'll they'll lop uh, Shreveport off. We don't like them. We we've actually discovered this year we don't like them at all. Um, <laughs> I don't the, know anything uh, actually, about you know, Shreveport. Yeah, actually, the River Jacks, their supporters group, great guys. Uh-huh. Um, it fell through. Just we had a couple exhibition matches with them this year, home and home, and it fell through for them to make it up, and it fell through for us because the, the game had to be postponed tonight, so we weren't able to go. Um, but their players all decided to come by and uh, give us all the fickle finger of friendship. Nice. After the after an exhibition match here, and you know after we were just doing the you know the typical player banter, and they started complaining about us to the ref, which mm. of course just egged us on. 
Oh, and then so then of course you know by the time that one's over it was well you know you guys still lose the exhibition because you've got to go back to Louisiana so <laughs> um, well yeah we found out we don't like them so if they come into the rivalry it won't be kind of a, a friendly uh, hey let's go share a beer before and, yeah. and halftime and, and post game and, and be enemies during the match no 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 we hate you now it's just it's just so. <laughs> uh, it's just a DDT and a, yeah I hear you man. Well, and, you know, if, if the Southeast continues to grow, I don't, I don't know how much longer New Orleans can, can stay in that conference. Cause I, you know, I just an afternoon where I, a rare afternoon where I didn't have anything else going on. <laughs> I, I kind of started playing the, the mileage on travel and they would actually, you know, not by much, but they would actually save on time and miles if they were in the Heartland conference and having mm-hmm. to travel to Wichita and St. Louis than they are having to travel to Asheville and to Greenville and to Chattanooga. Right. Um, so I don't know, you know, it, 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 you know, obviously we'll probably lose a few teams again in the league. Yeah. I don't think anyone in the heartland, I think the heartland's safe. I think the heartland's pretty strong. Right. So I, would, I, would, I really hate to even see, you know, some of the teams that don't traditionally play up near the top of the conference leave. Yeah. And, and I, and I have some hopes that we'll be expanding by at least one team, maybe two. Sure. And I, and I, and I think, you know, if you get to eight, maybe nine, I don't like to see it more than that. I think 14 games in the time frame that we have right now. Right. I know there's talks about a MPSL pro mm-hmm. or a full season MPSL and what that'll look like. Right. Um, and kind of like going back to what you're saying, and if it did go to that, I'd love to see Tulsa and, and Wichita come along with that. No, oh, sure. You know, I'd, I'd hate to, you know, somehow be separated and, oh, no, one of us is playing this full season deal and can't play you guys anymore. Yeah, and it's like you're only playing them possibly in the Open Cup, you know, or something, you know. It's, you know, you always talk, you know, I've, you know, I always hear rumors, oh, you know, the three teams you mentioned, Little Rock, Tulsa, and, 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 uh, Wichita, obviously, they have big. All three have aspirations, and uh, you know, you just hope that it can all kind of grow together and, and keep that rivalry. I think that's important, and and I'm waiting for just you know, I know the MC have them down in UPSL, but uh, you know, a team in Oklahoma City area show up and 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 kind of jump in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Um, thought they were actually going to be part of it last year, but for whatever reason didn't work out but we all did <laughs> but uh you know i think also you know uh, i think there's a lot of markets that are underserved uh, you know i mean you talk about fort smith i'm sure they probably would have enough people to be interested in, in putting together a team i know it's close to rogers in that area but fort smith it's is its own thing it's not in the ozarks um, right you know and and i think there's a lot of underserved areas in this part springfield joplin i think both could have their own teams um so I, I think there's a lot of you talk about growth. I think there's a lot of room to growth, uh, and then right now we're seeing all sorts of uh, people on, on the on chat saying that they would be down for a New Orleans road trip. I don't know if New Orleans can handle some uh, armory guys down there and gals and some of the the Red Watch. I don't know. Maybe the Air Capital firm and Johnny Freedom yeah. down there. I don't know. That, that might be a wild one down. I mean, geez, I. Well, we'll try, up. That'd it, be great. It'll be a, it'll be a round robin weekend, and the bus will start in Wichita, stop in Tulsa, stop in Little <laughs> Just Rock. Just picking up people as it goes. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like a double exactly. decker like tour bus or something, right? Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned Fort Smith because I'd actually heard um, through some other people that there was actually an interest last year. Someone was mm. kind of trying to develop Fort Smith, the idea and. That's not one I would have traditionally thought of. It certainly has the size, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those towns that I've overlooked. And oh, there can't be any soccer culture there. Well, right. no one thought there was any soccer culture in Little Rock, and no one thought there was any soccer culture in Northwest Arkansas. And uh, you know, and their attendance. Uh, speaking of Ozark up in Northwest corner, I mean, it grew 
really well, just great leadership, did a lot of good things in their community and started to build that. And I think that's really what the strength of the Heartland is, is Wichita has a lot of fans, a lot of people engaged. They have a great mm-hmm. women's program, but oh, yeah. it's, it's, it starts with supporters and the supporters go from being, okay, the, the three or four oddballs over there beating on a drum and screaming to everyone's kind of looking to see what that group of 20 or 30 or 40 is going to do and mm-hmm. follow their lead. And, um, so, and then you had, of course, so you have air capital firm and you have the armory in Tulsa. And so mm-hmm. you have two teams that have great supporters culture. Um, and so we got to kind of reap the benefits of that and how that started in year one, mm-hmm. I was just a casual fan and going, but you know, it went from being let's go to a soccer game because it's something new here in town. Sure. Um, played right here at War Memorial, so it's convenient. It's in the middle of the city. Um, and Memphis came over uh, for an exhibition, and they had a full-fledged supporters group. And mm-hmm. so you kind of saw people like, oh, yeah, let's let's catch a vision. Let's do that here. And, and now that we're in year two of the Red Watch, year three of the Rangers, um, you know, trickling, growing, um, people come to expect you to be there. They expect certain chants. They expect certain cheers at certain times. Sure. Um, I'm excited that it looks like the armory is going to be here because we really haven't had, um, a visiting supporters group. Um, you know, a few fans kind of sprinkled in here or there, but not a visiting supporters group. And so, um, it looks like there's just from what we can tell you run percentages, people that say they're coming to the game on Facebook. It's, like 10 times what it typically is. Mm. Um, a lot of the local sports stations are going to be interviewing either members of the Rangers or members of the, uh, the state parks, which runs the, uh, the stadium, their staff mm. tomorrow about the game. Uh, local TV station waits till the last two weeks of every year to pay attention to us, but they're coming out again. Um, and then you got so the it, excitement of the world cup kind of, you know, yeah, you, you do have a little parlaying bit of that, that right? Exactly. So, you know, people are like, Oh, it's the hip new thing to do. Because Little Rock, we have a we have our own Fassler Hall now. So okay, we're, we're, we're I think that's to, like the official. That's when you're like a soccer town. <laughs> exactly. oh, we got a Fassler exactly. Hall. It's cool. Exactly. Or... exactly. So hey, we have a Fassler Hall now. So we have like four great spots to watch soccer, and right. you know, and and you know, we're catching up to OKC in Tulsa. Um, apologies if Sonny ever listens to this, because I remember I told him I did not know Tulsa had a Fassler Hall. Um, <laughs> since then. Since then, actually, the night before the Rangers at Tulsa game, I did go to Tulsa's Fassler Hall, and it was way cooler than OKC's Fassler Hall. So I hope that will redeem me for not knowing there was more than one before the Little Rock one. Funny story uh, about it's been a few months, well, probably about a year ago. Uh, I my brother's like, hey, we're gonna go to this new place, and you know, we, I drove down. He lives in Oklahoma City, and and I'm thinking, oh, what new place? Like, yeah, Fassler Hall. I'm like. Yeah, well, I, I'm familiar with that. So I drove all the way to Oklahoma City to Fassler Hall for lunch. So anyway, good story, bro. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah. So obviously excitement. You know, you've got a few Armory folks coming down, and uh, we had a, um, you know, so there's excitement there in Little Rock for this first round playoff match. Is this your? Is this Little Rock's first one to actual host, or have y'all hosted yeah, one so- in the past? No, no, no. So this is our first one to host. Okay. Our only uh, our only playoff game so far in history was the last year's at Tulsa, and okay. you know the the one zero loss in the first round. Um, so yeah, there's excitement there. I don't know enough about other minor league sports histories in Little Rock, at least since I've lived here, mm-hmm. that I could say, hey, it's it's first postseason play. You know, like kind of real stakes postseason versus you know farm league baseball. 
apologies to baseball fans out there. Um, <laughs> you don't have to it's fine. It's fine. I don't appreciate sure they're not on here. But if they are um, like like one person, it's fine. It's it's okay. But and, and I think people have kind of just the casual fan has started to kind of pick up on like, hey, you know, Tulsa's a real rivalry. It's our, it's kind of it, it, it means a little more than Ozark because Ozark's still kind of finding their way, mm-hmm. and, and Memphis is going to USL and. We haven't been able to work anything out with their PDL side to try and have exhibitions this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of gone away. So you start to look around. Well, okay, you know, we play Tulsa. They're a good team. We compete well with them. Right. And uh, maybe maybe that's the actual rivalry. So you have casual fan interest kind of now peaked a bit when, hey, hey we're playing Tulsa. Oh, they're coming back four days later for the playoffs yep. after that game. And so there's a, there's a lot of excitement. Um, it kind of baffles me. It's like, where have you guys been all season? Some of the people kind of. It's kind of like, oh, it's Atlanta United fans in Little Rock. Oh, hey, what? Is there soccer? Oh, yeah, we're super soccer fans. <laughs> yeah, we're big fans. Big fans. Come, come on. The other come day. on. It's cool. Well, uh, <laughs> we've got a request. Johnny Freedom's asking for our World Cup picks. And I said we would probably talk a little bit about it, But, yeah, that's a good segue. We can talk about that. Uh, obviously, Belgium, France tomorrow. And then mm-hmm. you have England and Croatia on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Winner to play on Sunday. Losers will play on Saturday. Right. What are you thinking, Ryan? Who do you who do you got? Oh, my heart! I want to see France and England play in the final. It's probably just some weird hundred year war history. Yes, nerd buff in me wants to see that King Louis take, and yeah, take out some time. frustrations and uh, see some old rivalries uh, flare up if briefly. But um, I kind of feel like it's going to be Belgium and England in the final. I, and that's not anything, you know, um, derogatory of, or of detriment to Croatia. I think they're sure. a great side. I think that they just had it taken out of them. Uh, the, the, the match that they played, the emotional ups and downs, uh, playing after England. I think just England's going to come in a little more mentally and emotionally rested yeah. than Croatia will. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think people are finally coming around to realizing that this is not England teams of the past. Hmm. this is a team that kind of has had all the pressure taken off of them because no one expects anything of them because they just expect them to, you know, fulfill some self-fulfilling prophecy of uh, falling out. And, and the further they go and, and the players are probably wearing that chip on their shoulder, but they're just playing loose. They're, they're playing like a bunch of kids having a good time and appreciating every game and every round that they're getting to. Yeah, I agree. And, and they have a mix of young talent mixed with veterans. And it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, the old John Terry and um, I went blank on his name. The other guy played for Liverpool. Uh, baseball, I'm trying to say, it's like, yeah, all these guys who are kind of trying, fighting for position, playing the same position. Um, yeah, I think a lot of folks want to see England in the finals and, myself too because it's a more intriguing it's a it's a more intriguing matchup for someone that like me who follows the premiership uh and also um you know france being you know mbappe and these young guys that are you know it's like two ferraris right and, and you right. kind of want to see the two ferraris go up against each other and, and and also belgium you know is really really good as well and and i, I tend to lean that Exactly what you said. Uh, Croatia playing two matches, short period, short rest, 120 minutes plus PKs, back to back on short rest. And you saw all the guys out there cramping up. Uh, I mean, you saw Ratchetich, all these guys. The goalkeeper probably could have been right. subbed out. He was he was had a pulled hammy. 
So you have all these injuries, these cramps, these these things kind of taking a toll, just just brutally playing a very physical team in Russia. Right. Um, you know, that, gosh, that chair of that Cherov guy, if, if he doesn't get some offers in the, I don't know. I don't know what people are out there think, especially like Bashik does or some of these teams. I mean, he plays for Tula Arsenal. I mean, it, it's not like he plays for Keska Moscow or plays for one of the higher division, plays for somebody that's like, that wouldn't sell him. But anyway, right. uh, you know, very physical team. Very, you know, I, I think England will go through. Harry Kane's playing very well right now. Uh, and if and if um, you know you got Rashford or uh, uh, Vardy can come in if Sterling's not getting the job done or picked up a knock or whatever, uh, yeah, I would love to see France, England. I think a lot of people on the stream probably would as well. I right. wouldn't be upset if Belgium made it through, but I, I think one one of those matches, the first match, the England, I'm sorry, France, Belgium will be like a score fest. Because they yeah. just have great strikers and they're and the defense is a little suspect. And then the other match will probably be like a one nil, two one kind of a game, um, you know. And I, and and I I will probably I will go ahead and say, yeah, I'll say that France and England end up in the finals. Yeah, I think if, it, if it's going it. to be, I think if France, oh France winning at all. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think that's where I'm just going to have to go full Anglophile and, and take right. my lumps Going and, and Anglo accusations. Over here. Come on. <laughs> Going English. Man, I, and, I, and you know what? I, I'm such a mutt. I could, you know, people want to, oh, do your ancestry. <laughs> I buy them too. For. I'm like, so I get to pick all of Western Europe, basically. So I got like Western and, uh, Europe, some Native American. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high exactly. 57, man. I'm a mutt. Exactly. Yeah, I hear I mean, you. I, at least one of those West African nations, you know, if I go back far enough down my Spaniard side, I yep. know somewhere um yeah so it's like yeah the ancestry.com picked your nations like yeah, well, so you, I, I, your i'm ready for all of a, europe yeah. had, a, had a cup of coffee in africa at some point yeah so. yes exactly yeah no. I, I hope it was i yeah i hope it was as pleasant a story as a cup of coffee yeah just, just yeah oh. we're gonna get some coffee it's fine i was like yeah we uh we, we traced it back by percentages like oh 0.02 percent african so that would put it about 1420s when the conquistadors were being really aggressive, you're like, oh, great. This is not a this is not a romantic story. <laughs> this, oh uh, man, I've got the I've got the bad family or whatever. I've got the ones who did bad things back there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I, I think for France to beat Belgium, I we would see a scoreline of like four three. Um, I would love I to see a four three. I, I'd love. I think to if see. Bel, I think if Belgium wins, it's going to be like three two. Um, I could see England, like you said, being a one zero or or even going into extra time. Um, yep. Before we see a winner there, and and, and then yeah, that it's like having a Ferrari and I don't know a BMW or mm-hmm. an Audi or, or a Jaguar. Uh, the Ferrari is going to win that race, and and in France is just so well oiled mm-hmm. as a machine right now. I mean, they're, um, I mean they're, they're hitting. I mean, England and France are both playing very. I mean, anyone who's made it this far has got to be playing out of their minds, and um, you know, and I think. I think if all things being equal and Croatia didn't come off those back-to-back 120s and PKs, I would probably edge toward them just because they have, you know, Ratsic and, and um, uh, I went blank on his name, the the guy from Madrid. Um, anyway, I just went blank on his name. So, anyway, that guy, number 10, yeah. number 10 for <laughs> Croatia. Right. Um, Matic, 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 Matic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so um, itch. 
Yeah, somebody's going to correct me here on the stream. But anyway, it's fine. So, yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, I'm hoping France, England, you know, whatever. It'll be fun. Everyone will have a good time. I think Belgium and Croatia would just be the, le the least of the intriguing, least intriguing matchup out of all those. But, you know, uh, Matric, thank you, Johnny Freedom. Appreciate you, buddy. He's, yeah, uh, Matric, who uh, plays for Madrid. And by the way, uh, just a quick shout out. The uh, second season of First Team Juventus is out on Netflix. So I oh. would get your subtitles on, watch some Gigi Buffon, watch. Watch them epically in a Greek tragedy lose that match against Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great series for anyone that's out there that that just loves watching behind the scenes soccer stuff. But so I, I'm guessing we can go ahead and assume that next year's season will be their highest rated ever. Probably since there's a gentleman <laughs> by the name of uh, his name is Christian Ron Ronald Christian yeah, Ronald Christian Ronald Christian Ronaldinho. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has been all but rumored, everything but signed, sealed, delivered to Juventus, and then I think Gigi Buffon signed. That's actually John. That's actually Johnny Freedom's nephew. Oh, it is. Uh, okay, yeah. Christian from, from from the island of Madeira. So all right, there you uh, go. They're, they're they're family. Um, you know, going back, talking about the World Cup, made me think about the Heartland Conference as a whole. I couldn't. I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. Um, Wichita is always going to be the favorite. They get Thomas Wells back. Mm. Uh, St. Louis, though, on their day is is so dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I watched their game in the rain playing uh, Tulsa, and just you knew the counterattack was coming, and everyone would be perfectly placed to defend it, and they just still blew by people. Mm -hmm. and, and they did the same thing to us, and I'm assuming I didn't see the match versus Wichita, something similar to them. Um, just when when they're feeling it, man, uh, they're they're young guys, and they have nothing to lose, and they know they're the fourth place team, and they're they're trying to break into what's now kind of been established tree you know trio at the top between Wichita and Tulsa and Little Rock and and they're willing to break through it and and hey they get to go out their first season and say they they split wins and losses with all three of those teams yeah yeah um, they kind of got stumbled on the teams that that you wouldn't expect them to get stumbled you know yeah. it's just like I mean the demise and Ozark you know yeah kinda... and, and that's just and that's just a sign of a really young team but they're mm -hmm. putting together a great development academy there sure. the outreach they do in that community uh it's funny before their game their coach came over and wanted to videotape us and he wanted us to trash talk the st louis fans they were going to watch on tv <laughs> <laughs> like, i just say something it'll be fun uh, it's like wwf we don't, we great. don't really have anything you know we spent all these years you know fomenting hatred for memphis and we never even went up river i don't uh i mean uh uh, ha ha, you guys don't have a supporters group yet. Uh, um, but so, so they're already, they're, they're eyeing, you know, that too. They see the, the support community of the community in Tulsa and Wichita right. and Little Rock. And so they want to build something similar and I'm, and I'm sure they will. And you know, demise, I don't know what, what is with their field situation. They're kind of the wanderers or rovers. Um, I know before Little Rock joined when they were based primarily in Springfield and then primarily in Joplin, they had a supporters group, uh, the orange armada. Mm. Uh, and I've got to know a few of those guys um, that kind of branched out into podcast and writing um, and lower league soccer as well. And, and they don't really support the team anymore because they, they can't travel around to eight different you know, home home venues yeah. in Missouri. But um, hey, you know, I went up to the, yeah. To be speaking of, I went up to Joplin. Was it in four, 2014? Third, I can't remember what year it was, but I mean they had people in the stands. I mean people were there. Uh, you know, they didn't have much really of a supporter group, but people were 
because they were in those orange and white kits and it was like a law firm that um you know that uh, i think he's you know that's a team that had people it's just for whatever reason they kept moving the venue and kept moving locations and i i don't know i mean i think yeah you're right you just it's hard to know where they're playing at it's it's like hey are are you in waynesboro tonight are you in joplin where you at Mm -hmm. so um but anyway yeah so yeah i I would like to see more you know i don't know i mean it's not my money it's not my team but right uh yeah you'd like to see i think i think there's joplin springfield i think both could have their own teams um Mm -hmm. i mean springfield used to have that that PDL team, the St. Louis U23 team. Right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm like being way optimistic here, but <laughs> and in Ozark, you know, that whole South Northwest uh, Arkansas area. Uh, right. I, you know, I know once they got maybe some low, it's like local ownership now, and maybe they mm-hmm. can kind of focus on growing that team there. And, you know, anything that you know, I'm all for any, any, one more team playing soccer. That's, 11 12 13 14 kids playing soccer 15 people playing soccer and um you know not all of them are college kids a lot of them are just you know adults that still got some game that you know exactly. their adult jobs going to pay more than what their a, a professional contract in soccer is going to pay them um until we get that changed you know that's a whole other topic but but anyway it is what it is and yeah and i think um It'll be a good match. I know the Tulsa fans here are excited. I, I think um, it, with that budding rivalry of of the the Rangers showing, you know, and uh, playing, you know, in, in a in a tough place, you know, with a more narrow field there at, at War Memorial. Right. Um, yeah. You know, anything can happen. Ball bounced the wrong way. Get right. a good kick. Get. It, I mean, it's toss the dice, roll, you know, flip a coin, whatever you want to do there. It, it could go either way. So. Absolutely. I believe it's what seven thirty kickoff. Is that correct? I think it said seven, but I believe it's going to be at seven thirty. I know that um, FC Wichita put out a clarification today that their game is at seven thirty, and I think some media had also said it was at seven. Okay, so just kind of work it out. It'd be wonderful if it's at seven thirty. I know just for people getting off work and traffic and trying to grab something to eat before getting to the game or into sure. the game, seven thirty would be a blessing. Um, you know, beyond the Heartland, we're tied in in the South region that whoever wins the Heartland plays the mm-hmm. winner of the Lone Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fort Worth beat Brownsville pretty handily because they've gone ahead and started their playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, top six make the playoffs in their conference, and the, the top two have a bye. Mm-hmm. And so they're traveling down to play Laredo while uh, the Houston Dutch Lions are playing uh, Midland Odessa. That's and, a and I, traveling. Holy oh, cow. man, isn't it? <laughs> And I just want anyone to win but Laredo. So in the off chance, whether it's Little Rock or Tulsa, you know, I'm going to – I hate SEC football and SEC conference, but I will root for Tulsa or Wichita if they make it out of the heartland. Oh, sure. Um, but I don't want to see any of us have to go down to the Laredo because they are a very, very strong team from the keeper yep. to the to the attack. Um there's really – it's just dominant. Uh, actually, uh, Carlos Herrera, uh, our keeper last season, is playing for Laredo. He's he's at the university there in Laredo, and he was taking summer classes. So it just made sense. And, and he was actually nice enough. He reached out to us and let us know, you know, mm-hmm. a couple months before the season, hey, I just want to let you guys know I'm, I'm looking to take some classes and going to have to stay here. And, you know, appreciate him. <laughs> I hate losing him, but we appreciated him, you know, 
thinking enough of us to reach out and let us know. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if 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 Fort Worth were to win and say Little Rock was to win in Heartland, then then that would mean they would come here. Everyone else, we'd have to go on the road. And I, right. I think everyone would kind of be on again how those points per game ends up de- determining your ranking overall in the mm-hmm. league. Um, a lot of people seem to think just overall it's a foregone conclusion that the Cosmos B team is going to win. I don't know the Cosmos B team is going to beat the Brooklyn Italians in their own conference. So Didn't they lose to them in the They Open lost Cup? to them in the Open Cup, yeah. So, And I know they, they, they beat them the, the, the one time they played because they play a round-robin schedule in the Northeast or North Atlantic Conference. Um, Cosmos B beat them. But they're one and one on the season against one another overall. And, uh, you know, I, I think Miami FC 2 – or mm-hmm. dose or whatever we're calling it is going to have something to say about that. The, the fighting uh, Jack- Chris tear packs. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Jacksonville Armada, if they choose to show up and not play down in the competition, obviously they're another fully pro side. They're capable of making a run. I don't think a lot of the West region teams are that strong this year. Um, San Diego premier. Sorry, Albion. San Diego mm-hmm. was the number one seed, number three in the league, and and they were upset pretty handily by Orange County. And Orange County was like the number seven seed in the West region. So, you know, you get into this season, again, you're playing predominantly co- collegiate age, you know, mm-hmm. players. You're young. Anything can happen, you know. Sure. A lot of it's mental game. A lot of it's luck. Yeah. Uh, as far as Tulsa and Little Rock, I expect more of the same in that match, kind of coming back to close up there. Um, I think Little Rock's going to come out with a very similar lineup to what they use there. I think they'll probably have one or two tweaks on the defensive uh, the def- back line and, and may rotate uh, one or two players kind of positionally up top. Um, and then Tulsa, um, I know they've got a few players that can kind of rotate up top as well. And then I noticed that Vargas was probably resting this last match and he'll be mm-hmm. back. And so he's dangerous out of the back. I think he's got – at least five or six goals on the season, yep. which oh, yeah. I think Saba Vargas. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a, uh, yeah. A chance maker. He's, you know, always seems like he's in the mix when there's goals. Being oh, absolutely. Scored. Either. He's just, one of the, he, he's just, yeah, he's always in the middle of there. He's definitely just one of those defenders. You think he's on the back line because he just likes the back line and being a defender and he likes coming up the furthest away to make a goal. So yeah, he just likes to run around. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Little, exactly. little, 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 uh, burn that energy out, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. So he, he could be, uh, their, uh, October surprise in July, yep. um, to spring as far as, uh, you know, tilting, uh, the odds in their favor in this next match. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, something Johnny Freedom mentioned on the on the chat here, he said uh, Midland Odessa was a six seed last year and ended up in the national title match. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, you, it's just that old. You can throw the record books out, but I, you right. know, I think uh, I think that yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll be keeping an eye and 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 just you you may not be as familiar, Ryan, with the Chris Tierpack reference, but. Uh, he's a guy that just absolutely scalps the Tulsa Roughnecks. Anytime he jumps on the field, it's like, oh, God. And he, he will score against nobody except Tulsa Roughnecks. Back when Austin Aztecs, back in, you know, when he was at San Antonio. So it's just, you know, that's why I said fighting Chris, Chris Tierpack. Somehow they'll end up playing Tulsa Roughnecks. I, I have no idea how, but it, it'll happen. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Ryan, hey, I was just sitting there looking. I was like, oh, man, I've been I've kept you long enough here, man. I've oh, <laughs> just no problem. looked at I was like, oh, man, we've been chatting, which, you know, it happens. You know, we get to talk Always shop a pleasure. And, 
Yeah, Ryan Stallings with the 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 Red Watch there in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, plug any social media you'd like to, man. Uh, if you want to follow the Red Watch, uh, even from Oklahoma, and, and can forgive us for for being rivals with Tulsa. Yeah, uh, you can find us across social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Red Watch LR. Um, also to plug the game uh, Wednesday night, if you can't make it to the match and you'd like to watch it. Um, you can watch it at littlerockrangers.com slash live, L-I-V-E. And the uh, the match will be aired there. Okay, very good. And uh, I'll make sure and try to plug that on the web, on the uh, Facebook page to make sure folks are familiar with that and can just click on that. And I'm sure, Johnny uh, Freedom, if you're out there, you're listening, if you have the website for the toll for the uh, Wichita stream, go ahead and post that. I'll make sure and copy that. So, uh, well, Ryan, hey, man, this, that's your second cap on the podcast. Appreciate you coming back on, man. We'll, we'll, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk talk shop. And uh, and uh, best of luck on Wednesday. And and we'll, 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 we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You got it. All right, Ryan Stallings there with the Red Watch in Little Rock, Arkansas. So good stuff there. I know a lot of folks very familiar with Ryan and and what he does out there with uh, the the Red Watch out in Little Rock and. It's kind of a big family. It's kind of great, you know, with all, all the supporter groups and um, here in, uh, in in the Heartland Division. You know, everyone knows Johnny. Everyone knows Daniel DeVore and, and, and Ryan and, and some of those folks. So it's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, even though they're separated by you know, a couple hundred miles. But everyone's familiar. It's, you know, it's kind of a big – it's a big, small, small town, I guess, the soccer community. So uh, anyway, uh, so great stuff there from Ryan Stallings. Appreciate him coming on. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll do a quick transition over to. Uh, we'll talk a little USL. Uh, I didn't just want to be conscientious of time. I, was, I thought tonight oh, we'll have a small. It'll be a short podcast, and you know it's like it's, it'll just be a three-hour tour. It'll be fine. And Gilligan's Island happens, so it's fine. It happens. So uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Johnny said he. Uh, We'll set the link up. So okay, appreciate it, buddy. Um, okay, so just a real quick gear shift. I uh, want to talk a little Fortuna Tulsa and and the end of their season uh, last week. Uh, played a match in Wichita to finish out the season, and uh, they a really great season. All I posted the standings there, and it looked like I guess there was a rematch with uh, FC Wichita and. Dallas uh, FC Dallas that didn't take place or was canceled. I'm not really sure what happened, but they they both still needed to play each other. But regardless, the season ended and Tulsa and Oklahoma City tied at second place. I, maybe Tulsa Oklahoma City had the tie break based off of the, the based off the head to head match. But uh, great season, first season, and talked to Wayne Farmer a little bit earlier. I'm not sure if he's still on the stream here, but. We talked about, you know, the success. You know, he said, you know, we had people coming out watching, you know, I think almost 1,500 people coming out for that first match um, with Fortuna Tulsa and had a great crowd for that OKCFC match. And, and a lot of the – and, a, and a, uh, you know, had a couple of players get, you know, signed on uh, to play professional ball. And also just getting some coaching opportunities there um, with some of those, uh, some of the players. Some of the players are coaches themselves, but you know, getting some opportunities, getting some exposure, getting families coming in, little girls watching, you know, other girls play soccer, and um, 
I think that's that's really big picture soccer. You talk about growing the game, that that stuff is really important. And I'm glad to see that that uh, had a great success just on the field, you know, on the field and off the field with Fortuna Tulsa. So uh, congratulations to them. And I know didn't quite make the playoffs, but I didn't realize one team from the conference made playoffs. And, um, you know, it's a really tough team down at FC Dallas and at their academy and uh, Charles Haley's daughter who plays and just a phenomenal soccer player. So uh, great, great stuff there. Great to uh, – I, I personally enjoyed watching and keeping up with uh, Fortuna Tulsa. Did, they did a great job of just, you know, keeping us in the loop and, and, and always making players and, and coaches available to us. So I'm sure we'll have somebody on here next week or two just to kind of give a better breakdown and give a little more detail on that. But uh, anyway, their season ended on Saturday playing uh, FC Wichita and uh, got a 2-1 a to win, I believe, or 2-0 to nil, two nil win. Uh, in that contest. And then now let's switch gears. We'll talk a little Tulsa Roughnecks real quick. Um, obviously, got the new coach, uh, Michael Ancien, and things uh, making, their, making the first their first road match of the season down at playing down in Rio Grande Valley. Talked earlier about Laredo going down to South Texas, middle of July or at the first of July. Pretty daunting task, but the weather kind of worked out pretty well. It wasn't all that hot. It looked like it was in the 80s. I'm sure it was humid as all get out, but uh, a 1-1 final there, 1-1 draw with a Rio Grande Valley team that doesn't give up a lot of goals. Tulsa was able to put one back. Uh, Paris G after what looked like it was just kind of consecutive goals. He had the goal uh, by Enriquez by uh, of our Rio Grande got the goal in the 75th minute and then two minutes later Paris G got the goal uh, for the Roughnecks another guy who's continued playing a great season and, and someone who I feel like is getting better as the season progresses and you know a few few just kind of quick notes here uh, a couple of yellow cards uh, we also saw Jesus Ferreira the the FC Dallas Loney who is 17 years old he was he came in and played in the seventy seventh minute. Uh, Tulsa only using two subs. Uh, pretty uh, maybe that's just the way it just kind of worked out. There's interesting. Usually you see all three subs used, but only two used in this match. Uh, and then a couple just just quick notes here um, on some of the some of the individual stats that I saw. We had um, I'll just pull this up here. So duels won, uh, five duels won by Nimaj Bokovic playing at back, and, and I think he had a pretty good match uh, overall, just kind of watching him play. Uh, 20, um, let's see here, had a lot of passes, and like I said, he had the five duels won, and then Jonathan Levin with four duels won. Uh, you know, that's uh, those are, you know, anytime, and I, I believe Ugarte had like several interceptions. Let me look here. Um, as I had Francisco, uh, something I made note of. I had four interceptions, or I'm sorry, six interceptions, and Levin had four. So those are, you know, turnovers there in, inside the attacking third for the other team. So those are always, and always like to look at those stats and just seeing like how many times did did uh, the player dispossess the ball, dispossess it back, and, and go back the other way and, and turn over which causes momentum back toward Tulsa. And, and, and I'm sure Tulsa playing in the counterattack mode, uh, playing a road match. Those are all important stats. So anyway, I think I thought the defense played pretty well. There's a couple of – there's a foul on Juan Perez that 
I kind of scratched my head wondering why there may not have been a red card. That was the only, you know, there was a couple of just kind of questionable calls. Um, and I don't want to dwell too much on it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you, you, you see the, the no call and like, eh, maybe that could have been a little harsher. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, 1-1 one, one win. And next up is St. Louis FC on the road in St. Louis. So anyway, that's uh, really all I have tonight. Um, World Cup we've already talked about. Uh, I made a comment earlier on on social media, on Twitter, saying, you know, if you went from 32 to 48, would you just be okay with all European teams? You can go find that comment and tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. I don't, you know, whatever. It's fine. Or don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's It's totally fine. Um, did a little research on FIFA rankings and anyway, just check that out if you're interested. But, uh, anyway, I think that's all I've got tonight, guys. We'll, we'll have some more guests on next week. Um, a little bit of a fluid situation here with, uh, getting on the podcast on, uh, last week we had some family coming to town kind of last minute and I had to cancel. So I, I appreciate you guys coming back and uh, always uh, appreciate all my listeners and everyone interacting and talking anytime I love talking shop and so you guys anytime you see me just just strike up conversation totally okay with that but anyway for me I am out of here it is past my bedtime so I appreciate everybody staying on listening everyone have a great night god bless take care see ya